You're listening to the Rise and Love podcast, where we believe that you get to have love and success in all areas of your life. Your host, Crystal Iram, will help you understand yourself, your relationships, and what's keeping you from having the love, relationship, and life you really want. Week after week, you'll have your mind blown as you learn from experts and listen in on honest conversations to experience mindset shifts and get practical instruction on how to use your mind to support you in getting everything you desire. We'll get to the heart of the matter when it comes to designing and elevating all aspects of love and life. Here's your host, educator, relationship coach, and lawyer, Crystal Iram. Hello, hello, hello. It is Crystal Iram here. I am a love and dating coach for smart, successful, spiritual single women who want to call in love find the love of their lives. And today we are talking about Netflix's new series, Love is Blind. I binged this. Like as soon as it came out, I watched all of it. I mean, there was only the first couple of episodes. They're doing it over a series of weeks. But as soon as I watched it, I had to go get a notebook because I was having so many thoughts and I just, so relevant. It's so relevant. So, you know, what I really want to talk about today is, you know, the role that your love blueprint might be playing in the chemistry that you feel with different people. And I'm excited to talk about this because you can see that it's not just about looks. This is something that is a big misconception that attraction and looks are necessarily the same as chemistry and they're not. So I want to break that down. I want to talk about age differences with men and I want to talk about your list. Okay, so for those of you who have already watched the series, you know, you heard the things that I want to talk about. So it's going to be kind of clear which couples we're focusing on. But for those of you who haven't watched the show, the premise is this. Random singles are put in a situation so that the men don't see the women. And they basically go through a series of speed dates to determine, you know, who likes whom and who wants to have further conversations. And they're doing it in these little pods. So they're in these rooms and they cannot see the other person on the other side of the wall, but they can hear them. So they start having conversations. And that's like the whole thing with the show is they're trying to decide who they like just from forming this deep connection through conversation. So hence the name Love is Blind because they don't see each other. Now I've got some qualms with even that part because it's like, is love blind? I don't think so. Like I really don't. And also the show doesn't necessarily prove it. Everyone is relatively attractive. Like some of them are more attractive than others. Most of the ones who couple up are pretty attractive. There was no one who was like, there's no one who we follow at least who's like a troll and you're just like, Oh, yikes. You know, It, it just wasn't the case. Like they're all pretty cute. And so before they get to see each other, there's like nothing where you're expecting some sort of major surprise where someone's like, oh my God, I didn't expect them to look like this at all. Like they're all pretty attractive. But putting that aside, it's just an interesting concept, right? Because it's like, how much of a role does looks play in, you know, the people that we choose? And what was immediately apparent to me, immediately, was that our love blueprint, let me, I'm going to talk about what your love blueprint is, but like our love blueprint is not dependent on looks. Our love blueprint is based on other things. So let me break down what your love blueprint is and then sort of explain how it's playing in with this concept in the show. Okay. So your love blueprint is essentially all of your 
stuff, all of your thoughts, all of your beliefs, all of your ideas about love, about men, about dating, about relationships. It's all of your stuff about those topics. And it starts forming from the time that you are a little kid. And we're picking up things based on our environment, based on the things that we see, based on the things that we hear. And then we start to solidify it. As we get older and we start having actual romantic relationships. So at the time that our love blueprint is formed, it's not really based around romance or relationships in that sense. It's just what you're getting in your relationships from your parents, from your caregivers, from the people that you interact with. So the way that our love blueprint works is that it essentially becomes a lens. Okay. So we create this love blueprint and you can, you know, I always like use my hands like that, like a web or something, because like, that's sort of what it seems like to me. It's, it's this blueprint. It's this thing in your mind, but it acts as a lens. So your love life is going to be viewed through that. And you're looking for things that line up with what you already believe. So for example, if what you experience and interpret as a child is that love is stable, love is consistent, I am protected and safe and taken care of, I can trust the world. If that becomes your love blueprint, then that's what you're going to see and experience in your life, right? Like that's what you're looking for. These are the people who just end up in really healthy relationships, basically without too much effort, right? This is an ideal scenario. There's all sorts of things in between then because you have at the other end, someone who has no stability and who thinks that love is dangerous and wants to avoid love at all costs. And then you have everything sort of in between. And so our love blueprint, if we don't do anything to actively change it, it'll sort of stay how it is. So this is why you'll see people who are sort of creating the same relationships over and over again. This might be you. Maybe you're someone who seems to keep creating the same relationships with just like a man with a different face, right? This is how most of us are. We don't veer too far from our love blueprint. Now, the way that our love blueprint comes into play in terms of who we're attracted to is that when when we talk about chemistry, okay, so I want to make a distinction here because there's two things we can talk about. We can look at attraction, which is just like looking at someone and being like, that is an attractive, handsome person or, you know, beautiful person, whatever it is. Chemistry. It's a little different. Chemistry is when you feel that pull and you're just like, ooh, I have to be close to that person. When you just feel that like magnetism, you know, we can call it all sorts of things. People will call it butterflies. People will call it a spark. People will call it, you know, it, it doesn't matter what you call it. You can call it all sorts of things. But it's that thing where you just feel a connection with someone. Now, here's something that's very interesting about chemistry. If you have a very... Uh, if your love blueprint, you know, like I said, there's, there's, there's a range. So let's say that your love blueprint is on the healthier end of the love blueprint spectrum. Okay. So no one's is perfect, but like, let's say yours is pretty healthy. You have a pretty healthy, like you generally have pretty healthy relationships. You're attracted to people who are attracted to you. Like it's just solid. If that's you, then when you feel chemistry, it's fine. Like that's, that's good. It's like a good part of your relationship. Like the people that you have chemistry with, they're also going to have relatively healthy love blueprints. And it's just like, it's a fit. Okay. Now 
It's not the case for everybody. Not everybody has a healthy love blueprint. If your love blueprint is more on the unhealthy side, then what that means is that the people that you feel chemistry with are not going to be a good fit for you. So all it is, is that like your neuroses are hooking up with someone else's neuroses perfectly. And we're calling it love. It's very exciting. It can be very sexy. It can be very fun. But if you do not have a healthy love blueprint, this is not going to lead you towards a happy, healthy, loving, committed relationship. Why? Because your love blueprint is leading you astray essentially. Your love blueprint isn't leaning towards what you ultimately desire because it is subconscious. It's based on these beliefs that formed as you were a child and it's still staying unhealthy because of your misinterpretations of things, because of the way that you interpreted things, because of the experiences, the traumas, the different things that you went through. Okay. So that's your love blueprint in a nutshell. Obviously I could go much more in depth, but we're talking about a TV show here. And I just wanted to give the context because who do I want to talk about? I'm sure any of you who watched already know who I'm thinking about because we saw some really good relationships, right? My favorite, I love, love, love Cameron and Lauren, right? Like they're adorable. I think of everyone we watched, they probably have the best chance of working out, like love them. I think that Kenny and Kelly also have a pretty good chance of working out, but they're kind of boring, right? Like they don't make for great TV. So it's like, we don't need to talk about them. It's the love, uh, I don't know. It started out as like a love square and now it's a love, it's all, it's still a love square. Okay. Right. So we're talking about Jessica, Barnett, Amber, Mark, and then also there were, and then Elsie also was also interested in Barnett. Okay. So here's the story. Really the person we're going to focus on is Jessica, because I think that Jessica is the one who is going to have experiences that are going to be the most relevant to you. So Jessica is 34 She's quite attractive. Several of the guys are very attracted to her right off the bat. And as soon, oh my God, I'm like getting heated just thinking about this because as soon as we meet this woman, the first thing that we hear her talking about, she's like, hi, I'm Jessica. I'm 34. I've always had this very rigid set of criteria and I'm excited to be on this show because I can see that this criteria that I've had up until this point hasn't led me towards what I want. And so now I'm ready to do something different. I'm ready to try something different and like, let go of all these things that I've had. And when I heard that, I was just like, no, you're not. I was like, you are lying. You're lying to me. You're lying to yourself. Like you're lying. I could just tell as soon as I heard her talking, I was just like, she's not going to do anything different. Like you can just tell. And it was interesting to me because I was just like, it is so clear to me why this woman is single and why, I mean, honestly, I will be, I will be shocked. I will also be ecstatic if she is, you know, happily married at this point, but like, I don't think she is like, okay, let me calm down so I can explain what's going on here. Okay. So there's Jessica. So she's got, she's had this rigid set of criteria for however long it is that she's been dating. Right. And she says that now she's just ready for love. She's ready for a real relationship. Okay. So I know that this is some of you. I know that Jessica's not the only one. So I'm not singling her out for that. I also had a very rigid set of criteria until I understand what I really needed to focus on and look for um, to create the best kind of relationship. But just get all these rigid criteria. But now it's like she doesn't know if these men are meeting her criteria. So like, what were some of her criteria? He had a certain kind of, he had to have a certain kind of job. He needed to be a certain type. He needed to be a certain height. She had a height minimum. 
he had to be athletic because she's athletic. You know, she had all these things where it's like, this is really important to me. And she would never veer from that. Now, because of this show and the way that it's structured, she can't see what someone looks like. She doesn't know exactly how tall he is. Like she has to loosen up her criteria. And I was just like, she is not going to like this. She is, she is not going to be down. Like you could just tell. Anyway, enter two men. Okay. One of them, his name is Mark. He is, um, he's 24. I think he's cute as a button. Like he's adorable. Um, Mark, Mark is 24. Jessica's 34. So that is a 10 year age difference. Okay. So it's like, I get that, that, that is definitely outside of her criteria. Oh, she had a very strict thing about age. Also, she said, I would only date people who are one between one and five years older than me. Like that's it. I'm just like, Oh my God. Anyway. So Mark is 10 years younger than she is. Mark is, his parents are from Mexico. He's American. He lives in Chicago, which is the same city that she's from. He's just like a sweet, interesting guy. And he likes her. Like he is into her from the beginning. Like he just felt like they were lining up. She had the qualities he was looking for. So Mark is in it to win it, right? And then we have Barnett. Barnett is older than Mark. He's 27, not 24. And Barnett, Barnett, Barnett. I mean, he is every guy that I went to college with. And like, he's charming. He's funny. Every girl that's talking to him is like, oh my God, I laughed so much when I was talking to him. Like, they just think he's really charming and witty, you know, and smart. And he's very confident. Like, you can tell just from the way he talks that, like, he's feeling himself. <sighs> so there's Mark and there's Barnett. And Barnett really likes Jessica. He also really likes Amber and he really likes Elsie. He likes all of them. And it's very interesting because when he's talking to them, he is, you know, I would say leading them on, but also not because he is doing what you're supposed to do on the show, which is form relationships with women without seeing them and seeing who he connects with the most. But he's taking it pretty far. He's telling all of these women that he can see a future with them. He's saying things like, I couldn't, like when we get married, when we get engaged, he's using this language. Okay. So this is a little side note. This is a side note about, you know, a thing about the way that men communicate. You got to listen to what men say. But also when a man is talking about, you know, the future, you have to make sure that you're being clear about, is he just sort of like imagining, like considering this? Is this something that he's just sort of running through his mind? Or is this a plan? Is this a plan that he's making? Alison Armstrong is one of my favorite love teachers. And one of the things that she says is, um, until there's a date and until there's a a time and a place, I don't remember exactly, but it's basically like you have to look like until he mentions a time and a place. So when he is talking about something in sort of vague terms, like, oh, we could do this or we could do that. Or my mom would love you. Or wouldn't it be fun if we went skiing or how amazing if we went to Hawaii together until there is a time and a place. It's sort of just like imagining. It's like he's just imagining what it could be like. It's not that it's a definite thing. So it's very interesting because he has this conversation with Jessica. And what he says to her is he says, if there were no other guys and there were no other girls here, then I could propose to you tomorrow. Okay. So he said this, says this to her. 
And Jessica hears this after she's already been getting very close with Mark. Mark feels very sure about her. And Barnett says this to her and she's in her mind. She's like, okay, done. We're getting married. Like we're getting married. He wants to marry me. We're, we're getting married. He just, he basically just proposed. He pretty much just told me he's proposing. She's like, tell me what I need to do. What do I need to do? Like, you want me to end things with everyone else? You want me to stop talking to all these other guys? Done. Like she is, she's so ready for it. That is like, as soon as he says it, she is taking him too literally. He didn't say, I'm preparing to propose to you tomorrow. He didn't say, I'm planning a future with you. He said, if there were no other men and no other women here, but you know what? There were other men and women there. And there were two other women that he was saying very, very similar things to. I mean, can I, I can't possibly be the only one that <laughs> was this annoyed at this situation. But the reason that I was annoyed is not because she's doing something so unique. The reason I was like frustrated is because what she's doing is so common. It's so common. But here's how this is playing out is that Jessica's love blueprint is creating a bond with Barnett without seeing him. Okay. And this is the thing that people get tripped up on. Chemistry is not necessarily about looks. Now it happens to be that when she does see him, and I should have told you guys, spoiler alert at the beginning, if you haven't watched the series then I'm totally spoiling it for you. And I'm really sorry about that. That's my mistake. I really should have said at the beginning, but if you haven't watched it and you really don't want to know, then you should probably stop listening. Cause I'm going to keep talking about it. She is very attracted to Barnett when she does see him, but she was forming that attraction just based on her love blueprint. So here's what I can tell about Jessica. Jessica does not have a strong, healthy love blueprint. She doesn't. She has a love blueprint that tells her love is unavailable. You have to work kind of hard for it. And that someone who's just interested in showing up for you is boring. It's not attractive. Okay. Because here's what everyone watching the show, we're looking at these two guys. So I did a, I did a poll on my um, Instagram and I was like, what do you guys think? You know, who's more serious about finding love, Mark or Burnett? And it's unanimous, a hundred percent. Everyone says Mark and you know, it's a TV show. Obviously there's editing. We don't know everything involved, blah, 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 blah. Like obviously we're adults. We recognize that. Right. But it's still so obvious, right? She's so here, she's near, she's, she's zooming in on the fact that, um, Barnett is, 27 and Marcus when you she's just like, Oh my God, he's so young. He's so much younger than me. He's so much younger than me. And I'm just like, this other guy is also younger than you. He's still seven years younger than you. Okay. So it's not like he's close to her age where he's older than she is. No, he's seven years younger. The other guy is 10 years younger. So let's talk about, let's talk about this for a second. This is interesting, right? Men that are in their twenties. Okay. Men that are in their 20s are going to be at different levels of their own development, of their own maturity. The bottom line is that Mark and Barnett at 24 and 27 are essentially in the same, like, they're in the same age range. They are in the same zone. There's no inherent distinction between a guy that's 24 and a guy that's 27. What you're going to have to look at if you're considering dating a man that's younger than you especially if there's like a significant age difference is what does he want in life? Like, where is he really in his life? What is it that he's interested in creating? Most men in their twenties are not like, they're not looking to settle down per se. 
they're looking to have fun. What's going to make a man in his 20s want to settle down is that that's really what he wants. Like it's just an internal thing where he feels like my life is going to be even more fun if I have a woman with me. Or if he is from a culture where it's very common for men and women to get married at a younger age. Mark is Mexican. He spoke about it. He's very close with his family. He is definitely involved in the culture. Barnett is not from a culture that gets married young. Barnett is a frat boy through and through. So his three years are not giving him any more maturity than Mark. None. Zero. None whatsoever. There is no way that he is more mature, more ready for love than Mark just because he's three years older. So the fact that this woman is zooming in on the age as if that's actually revealing something to me shows a huge blind spot that she has where it's like, she's not looking at this in a smart way. The other reason is because she recognizes that Barnett is a player. She said, I kind of like that. He's like a little bit of a player. And I was yelling at my TV. I was just like, no, why, why, how? If you're serious about calling in love, about having a happy, healthy, loving, committed relationship, then why would you want a man that's showing you that he's a player? That is not a man that is going to make a great partner for you, right? Like, what are you trying to do here? This woman is saying that she wants to have a relationship, but she doesn't. She is looking for the qualities that you look for in a boyfriend. She's like, who's going to be the most fun? Who's the sexiest? She's not thinking about the qualities that are actually going to make for a good partner. Someone that might actually allow her to have like a happy life to build together. Because I'll tell you what, this Barnett is not doing that. He's just not. He is so far from that stage in life. I will be shocked. I will be absolutely shocked if he gets married on this show. I I mean, I'll be shocked. I'll be blown away. But like, I'm going to lose my mind if they're still together. I mean, I'll be happy for them. Like, that would be awesome. But like, I just, I cannot fathom that that could possibly be the case. Like, he is a child. And I'm not saying that to put him down. Honestly, he's 27. So he is not at the wrong stage of life. Like, if that is what he wants to do to like have fun and meet cute girls and flirt, like, he is not wrong for that. I don't think it's a great idea. Like, I don't like that he's allowing these women to think that he's serious because he does pick someone and he proposes and like, oh my God, this chick Amber, who also, I'm just like, girl, you are fooling yourself if you're thinking that this man is going to marry you because he's hardly even pretending he's into her. Like, if you haven't watched this, you seriously have to watch it. It is hilarious. Amber is a totally different story, right? Amber has never left America. She is you know, she's one of those girls who just prides herself on being one of the boys. She is just loud and she's over the top and she's like proud of it. And she's just like, oh, if you try to leave me, I'll hunt you down. It's not sexy. He doesn't think she's like, it's sexy. She's very, like, she's quite cute. So like, she's fine. No one's worried about her. Unless you're talking about like a real lasting relationship. Cause it's not happening with this guy. That I can tell you for sure. She's just doing too much. She is clearly like obsessed with him and he is looking at her as an option. He's looking at all of these women as an option. None of these women are galvanizing him in any way, shape or form. 
I don't know that he wants to be galvanized. I think maybe on some level, if he met someone who like really stood out to him, he could. But like, I don't think he really cares one way or the other. And like, they're all throwing themselves at him. And it's, it's sad. But like, if you ever wondered what it looked like when I talk about being a commoner versus a duchess, like you have to watch this show and just see how all these women act towards him because they're all being commoners. And he is just, he's not impressed. And like, if they had any sense, they wouldn't be impressed by him. He does not seem to have any real depth. He has no intention of settling down. And it's just like, they're all looking for the wrong thing. You know, they're looking at him just for his charm. And um, he says at some point, like, oh, I'm going to drive you absolutely crazy. And Amber, after they're engaged, she's like, you know, he drives me to the ends of my, like, my sanity. He just irks me. And like, I love him for it. I love that he challenges me. And I'm just like, you dumb, dumb woman. Like, so stupid. That is not what you want. Like, that is not what you want if you want a real relationship. Maybe it's what you want. But like, then you got to do some work on your love blueprint. That needs some upgrading. Like, it has to be upgraded if you want to have an elevated, real, happy, lasting, loving relationship. Because none of them are going to get there with him. So let's talk about what you're going to look for with your love blueprint. And we're talking about what Jessica should be doing. Like if Jessica was serious, if Jessica were serious, and she's not, she's not, Jessica's going to be, Jessica's going to be single for a long time. And it's sad because on some level, she definitely does want a relationship. Like you can tell she does, but also she is so not ready for it. And I mean, also like, she has this baby voice. So you know when I'm talking and I'm like impersonating a stupid thing that I hear women say and I use that voice and I'm just like, oh my God, but he's so cute. And it's like, I do it all the time. And she uses that voice, but for real, like she's being dead serious. And I'm just like, what's happening here? It's really insane. Oh, this was another thing that was really interesting. Okay. So Mark says at one point to Jessica, he says, as soon as you said, Hey, the first time, like I heard you come in the room and you like walked into the, around the little couch and you said, Hey, and like, I knew like that was it. I was just like, Ooh, this is so good. This is such a thing with men. Men often know very quickly on a very visceral level. If a woman is going to be someone significant for him, you know, and it's not to say that like they know immediately if someone is the one or that like it never changes, but like they often do know, they have a really clear idea. And when he articulated that, I was just like, Mark, love ya. Like such a, like he's a man, he's young, but there is like, um, there was something very, there's something very masculine. Like he didn't question himself. He's very like self-assured. He's like, I know what I want. Now where it gets a little bit sticky is that like this woman isn't treating him well. And he's like allowing it. If he were older, I think if he were 34, when he is 34, like, I don't think he would put up with that. Like, I don't think that, I don't think that he would be attracted to like a a woman like Jessica in 10 years. I think that he would be just turned off by the fact that she was wishy-washy with him. You know, most men who are, especially if they're strong and they're masculine, they won't put up with it. But because he is young and he is young, he's 24. I think that she's able to get away with some nonsense because that's what it was. was Absolute nonsense. Jessica's choosing the less committed guy because that's what her love blueprint is telling her. She feels chemistry with the guy that's not that interested in showing up for her or for anyone else at this point. There will be someone he's interested in showing up for 
and it will not be any of these women. And he will be a different man. He'll be a totally different guy. But it's not happening here and now. But it's very interesting because Jessica recognizes that he's messing around with her, right? She recognizes this. But it doesn't stop her from trying to chase him, trying to pursue him, trying to get him to sort of change his mind. You know, she's just like, are you sure this is really what you want? And then she's going on and on about how she's not feeling attracted to Mark. She's like not able to muster up the attraction. Why? Not because Mark isn't good looking. He's adorable. He's, he is good looking because she doesn't feel the same kind of chemistry. She only wants people where she feels a chemistry that's at like a 10. She feels that with Barnett. She doesn't feel that with Mark. She said that she had the deepest connection with anyone she'd ever had with Mark. And, you know, it didn't matter. He looked like a troll because she loved him until she saw him and until she saw the other guy. And then she realized that actually that's not true. She wanted the one who she felt the most intense chemistry with. But here's what Jessica should do. And if you were relating to Jessica on any level, and don't be afraid to admit it. I know that she's the worst, but you're not her. If you're like Jessica, where you find yourself very attracted, feeling a lot of chemistry with guys that don't want to show up with you, that are always talking to other girls, that don't seem that serious, then when you feel chemistry that's at that high, high level, you got to go the other way. Don't take that as like, ooh, this is a good thing. No. If you feel chemistry that's at a 10 and you know that your love blueprint is misaligned, you have to be like, this is bad news. I got to get out of here. Now, don't misunderstand me. I am not saying you need to be with someone who is a troll or that you can't feel any chemistry at all. I'm saying if you have that crazy chemistry, if you have that chemistry that's at a nine or a 10, what you want to find is someone where the chemistry is more like a seven or an eight, where you're not losing your mind, where you're not an idiot, where you're not twisting yourself into a pretzel and doing backflips, trying to win him over and impress him. You want someone where you can be your authentic self and he can see you and he can fall in love with you and you can fall in love with him and you can have a real loving, committed relationship, right? So it's a very counterintuitive, I know, but you have to recognize, first of all, you can upgrade your love blueprint. That is something that I help my clients and students with. You can upgrade it. I had to upgrade mine. I had this. I had this. I'm glad I am not Jessica, but I could have been if I hadn't done the work that I do now. You have to upgrade your love blueprint. And when you find those people you have that intense chemistry with, you say, this is bad news. I'm out of here. It's very counterintuitive, I know. It's very counterintuitive, but this is what you have to start doing if what you want is a loving relationship. If you want to be like Jessica and you want to pass up really good guys and string them along and only go after the guys who are interested in several other women and who aren't really interested in being serious, then just keep doing what you're doing. Do exactly what you're doing. Don't do anything different. But like, if you want something real, if you want a lasting relationship, if you want to fall in love and build a life with someone, then don't be like Jessica. Don't be like Jessica. So here's the thing. If you have this blueprint that's not entirely healthy, often what this comes from, it can come from a billion different things. So I'm not going to say that it's coming from one thing. But it means that you start to associate love with certain kinds of sensations. You know, you might associate love with like winning someone over. It only feels like love if you have to work for their attention. You only feel like love if they go hot and cold. It, it only feels like love if it's like a roller coaster, right? So it's like, that's what feels like love to you. So anything that doesn't match that, so just it doesn't feel like love. It's going to feel boring. 
you're going to feel like this is what love is supposed to feel like. So if it's just calm, if there's peace, that's not love. That's what you're going to think if you have this love blueprint that's not fully aligned. But like love is peace. Like if you can have a stable, loving relationship, like it's so peaceful. It can bring excitement. It can bring a lot of joy. It can bring adventure. It can bring fun. But like it should also bring peace. Like if you're looking for a relationship so that you can feel those highs and lows, that's a signal. That's a signal that there's something that's a little bit off about your blueprint. So you can come from a dysfunctional family. You can have experienced trauma and you can have a blueprint that is not aligned with what you desire, but it can be shifted. So I don't want to say like a bad blueprint, but don't label your blueprint as bad. If you're attracted to people that you know aren't right for you, if you see that you're stuck in patterns, you know that like you're not getting what you want, you're not bad, but you want to recognize that like your blueprint needs to be upgraded because you're operating on an old system, essentially. Like you're working on a faulty computer system. And that's just not ideal, right? Like you're going to have to upgrade. So yeah, the intense chemistry is going to be a thing. So here's what you want to think about. Do I feel intense chemistry with people who are good for me and good to me? You know, do I feel chemistry with people who are interested in being in a relationship with me? Do I feel chemistry with people who will commit to me? Do I feel chemistry with people who are kind and consistent towards me? Okay. So it's like, that's how you want to think about it. If those are all yes, then you can have chemistry that's a 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Like you can have crazy, crazy chemistry. If you feel chemistry with people who don't show up for you, who are not interested in being in a relationship with you, who are not faithful to you when what you want is a committed monogamous relationship, then it's an issue. Okay. So for me, for example, I'm just going to use myself as an example. I mean, and Jessica would be the same way. I felt chemistry with people that did not want to be in committed, loving relationships with me, that were not consistent with me, that I would never be able to create a stable, committed, loving, happy, healthy relationship with. So for me, intense chemistry was a sign that something was amiss. I kept looking at it as a good thing. I was like, oh, I have so much chemistry with him. This is so exciting. And I had to stop that. I had to upgrade my love blueprint and I had to recognize what was going on there. And I had to retrain myself. I had to rewire my mind for the kind of love that I really wanted. So it takes work, but it can be done. I have a really close girlfriend who always had really intense chemistry with her boyfriends and they were super healthy relationships. Like she was only ever really attracted and had really intense chemistry with guys that like really felt the same way about her. She felt about them and she had a very, very like healthy relationship with both of her parents. Her parents had an amazing relationship. She just didn't have anything that made her blueprint less than ideal. Like she was one of those people who had sort of an ideal love blueprint. You know, she found love pretty young and like, not that she never had any heartache, but like for the most part, her relationships were really smooth. That wasn't my experience. Like my experience was that when I was younger and dating, I was only dating guys that didn't treat me very well. And it was really stressful and sad. And, you know, a lot of, I went through a lot of stuff. There are my thoughts on that. I am so excited for the rest of this series to come out. I am 
totally rooting for Cameron and Lauren. I'm rooting for Kenny and Kelly. Janina and uh, what's his name? Damien. They also have some weird stuff, but like they're not quite as compelling as like the other. I, I think they've got some weird stuff to work through, but they're just, yeah, they weren't as compelling to watch. So that's why I didn't go in and up about them, but like they've got some weird stuff to work through also. Ooh, and then Carlton and Diamond. That was a mess also. But again, it's like, I think that that situation is a little bit different. And also I just feel like I always like to, you know, I'm speaking to the women, right? Like I want to help women. <laughs> like I love women. I want the women to find love. And so I like to look at women who are doing things wrong because that's what you can learn from where you can sort of recognize this is something I do also. And I just feel like in this situation with Diamond and Carlton, super interesting situation, but I just don't really feel like she did anything wrong. You know, like she was, I felt like was very open to having a conversation with him. And I actually feel like he had, he had so much fear and defensiveness around sharing this very sensitive thing around coming out to her that he wasn't ready to have a conversation. Like, I just feel like she was really trying to approach it like a conversation. She was not saying I'm done with him. She was trying to express herself and he was not able to hear it because I think he had just too much stuff. He was too triggered. He felt too much shame, too much fear around how she was going to react. Yeah. But I just feel like she didn't do anything wrong there. And yeah, don't be a Jessica. Please don't be Jessica. Come on. Like you're better than that. Even Jessica's probably better than that. Even Jessica's probably better than that, but like, maybe not. She was a mess. So I'll see you all with more after the next few episodes are released and uh, we'll talk about it further. So I hope this served you well. I hope you can understand a little bit about how your love blueprint might play playing into your attraction and your chemistry. Some of the distinctions you need to keep in mind regarding attraction versus chemistry. Some things to keep in mind when you're dating a man who is younger than you. What are the differences you're going to see between a man who's 24 versus 27? Oh yeah. I didn't even talk about like your list, but I feel like we sort of covered that, right? Like actually we didn't, I'll say like a few quick sentences about this. So Jessica, right at the beginning, right? She's like, I always had this long list. She's trying to abandon her list, but she's really not. As soon as she sees the guys in person, who does she want? She wants the one that fits the list, but her list is not leading her towards a happy, healthy, loving relationship at all. Her list is a list of arbitrary qualities that don't mean anything about a man, anything about the type of man that he is. And that's what so many of us do. And that is when it's going to be a really big block to love. When you have a list of things that you're requiring that don't mean anything. So that's what she's done. That's what she's done. And maybe that's what you've done also, where you have this long list of things where you're like, he has to be this, he has to be that, he has to have this, he needs to be this tall, he needs to have this kind of job. None of that means anything. It's a block. It's blocking her. Might be blocking you too. So that's all I have for you for today. I hope this served you well, and I'll look forward to speaking to you again soon. I am so grateful for all of my listeners. I love creating this content. I love this podcast. And there's nothing I want more than for more women to have happy, healthy, loving relationships with the man of their dreams. Now, I have a small favor to ask. If you have been listening and enjoying the podcast, please leave me a rating and review on iTunes. It helps so much. It is the only way that we are going to get this content into the hands and ears of the women that really want it and need it. So if you have been listening for a while and you're absolutely loving the podcast, leave us a rating and review. It means absolutely everything to us.
Thanks so much. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Check out the show notes and be sure to tune in next time to the Rise and Love podcast.